Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. Got my brother Quentin with me. Last week we talked about Paul McCartney's MTV Unplugged live album. And so we thought to ourselves, you know what? We just talked about the greatest rock musician of all time and one of his live records. Why not talk about the greatest, best-selling live album of all time? And that would, of course, be Peter Frampton Comes Alive. It's called Frampton Comes Alive. Uh, And that would be called Frampton Comes Alive. (laughs) Uh, So here's the thing, Q, about this record. This was, um, you know, one of those constantly in the background of our childhood type albums, right? But I can honestly tell you that I only know the three songs that everybody else associates with this record, right? Right. I mean, I, I, I've never I've never pulled it up and hit play and, and paid attention to it. So the ones that I'm familiar with are Show Me The Way, Baby, I Love Your Way, and do you feel like we do? Yeah. So, you know, that's essentially, like, to me, those songs are synonymous with Frampton. That's my that's the beginning and the end of my Frampton knowledge. So. Well, the thing about those three songs, like, if, you, if you've heard Peter Frampton on the radio, you've heard these versions of of those songs. you've heard the live version of those yeah songs. it's interesting because right? like yeah they were all released before this live album came out but like so he was in a band called humble pie as the guitarist uh before he did his own solo stuff and when he branched off and did his own thing i mean he was you know he would make it on the charts but he would be pretty damn low on the lists it wasn't until this album came out that he was starting to see any kind of success 
as a solo artist. So I feel like a lot of it had to do with the time that it was released. So this live album was released in 1976. Um, a solid four years into him, you know, getting out there, doing his own thing, touring constantly. His first full-length album as a solo artist was in 1972 with an album called Wind of Change. And yeah, there's a couple songs, actually quite a few songs on this album, Wind of Change, that he does live on Frampton Comes Alive. But yeah, he just, for whatever reason, like, you know, no one really seemed to care about him until this album came out. Um, I'm just going to read some stats here because it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. So as of 2011, this record has gone platinum eight times it was voted album of the year by rolling stone um in 1976 it was in the top 10 for the majority of 76 once it came out and it was at number one for 10 weeks straight and a lot of it had to do with the fact that fm radio was starting to do uh, was called album oriented rock stations, you know, which were you know they it was it's basically like what we think of when we think of uh, you know like genre specific FM stations. Uh, I think our dad used that exact phrase when he was on our yeah. our episode. Yeah, he was he was a DJ in, around this time, dude. I'm sure he was playing the shit out of Prampton Comes Alive. Um, but yeah, so playing the it, shit you know, right off of the the vinyl. Play, playing what <laughs> playing i just like your phrase playing the playing the shit out of uh, it sometimes i like to stop yeah, and yeah. think i mean that's a funny phrase that humans came up with oh, playing the yeah, shit out of something but anyway are you really taking that shit and going somewhere with it or are you just taking it you know are you just dropping off a shit into the toilet you mean like we, oh I, <laughs> yeah when you take a shit <laughs> i'm gonna go take a shit where do you no, where are you gonna, taking are you gonna go are you gonna go take a shower where are you gonna go what, what are you doing with it that's okay i mean let's just can we can, let's, let's get a linguistic that, uh, linguistics person on here and we'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. okay all right so um yes all of those things that you said it is incredible i feel like it's um i mean to me it's like you, you hear the audience there, there, I mean, he he, he was yes. able to. I mean, was it where was it recorded? Did he did he pack a stadium? No, this is actually four different uh, concerts. Okay, yeah. So um, two of them were in New York in in nineteen seventy. Actually, all of them were recorded in nineteen seventy five. Uh, two of them were in California, and the other two were in New York. And I don't know which track belongs to what set you know what i mean but um to put things in perspective uh one of the recordings is from um a venue called the winterland ballroom in san francisco in june of 75 and this was frampton's first time as a headliner was that show six months before this album came out he was the opening act six months you know, he wasn't headlining before this album came out, basically. Like, 1975 was his first headlining act, and and that set was actually recorded and ended up on this record. I just think it's interesting that, you know, to me, a, a band doesn't put a live record out until they're 
you know, until they have enough, like, you know, it, that seems like something that doesn't happen until much later after success. You know what I mean? Like after success happens, you put out a best of album or a live album. Yeah, they took a gamble for sure. Do you think it's one of those things that where it's like, this guy is just so much better live that, you know, we need to we need to put out a live record because it'll sell better than his other stuff. Or there's so many great songs from all of his other albums that... I mean, I don't know because... How many like albums the, did he put out before this? Wind of Change in 72. Frampton's Camel in 73. Something's Happening in 74. And then his, a self-titled album called Frampton that came Man, out in 75. Okay. So already released so he, four records. So he has, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's just interesting. You know, it just makes you wonder like what the what the thinking was i mean maybe it was just one of those ways for the record the record label to get older songs to be on the radio again you know what i mean like if he put out a live record yeah then all of his old catalog is now new again in a way because right. it's on a new record right. and it's the way so what i love about this album and i i found a really great copy of it probably like a goodwill or something a while ago so i've had a um you know, a record copy of it for a while. So I've listened to it all the way through quite a few times. There's something about the way that the microphones picked up the audience and like his reaction, you know, and his like little, you know, conversations with the, uh, with the audience in between the tracks that makes it a really special listen. Um, Let's go ahead and play our first song, dude. Let's stop. Yeah, yapping. yeah. Let's do it. This is a sidetrack episode, so let's make this. Yeah, we're gonna short and sweet. And we're gonna cram in. We're gonna cram in three songs in here because what? So what makes Frampton so great is he, he's got a really great like fusion of rock and jazz, um, and he's kind of all over the map in these these the selection of these songs from from these concerts. So it's a really good representation of of kind of who he is as an artist so the first song we're going to play is the first track on the record uh this song is called something's happening if there was ever a musician who was an honorary member of san francisco society mr peter frampton Something's moving, can't see the light My heart keeps missing 
All right, Q, Q. So that was the uh, that was the the title track off of um, his record. Something's happening, huh? Yeah. So that's technically a single, but you know what? It wasn't released as a single for the Frampton Comes Alive album. There you so go. It's it's fair game. Um, I like the guitar solo in that one, and I like the ooh babies at the end where I faded out. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a, it's a I mean, solid it, track. You know, this is just your your classic classic rock sound you know yeah i guess that's what i mean that's what it is right so you know i mean this is a conversation for a different day q but i've i've become i shouldn't say this on the pantheon network q they might they might kick me off (laughs) but i have become um a little bit i don't know what the word is but tired or, or, or burnt out on the 50 or so songs that that the music industry has decided represents classic rock you know in other words like right if you're out in public and you hear a classic rock song it's gonna be you know the 50 or so singles from you know the who's who of 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 that era you know what i mean right and the who's who includes the who yeah, well, uh, Zeppelin. Well, I was gonna say it, it includes the three singles from this album. Yeah, or at least yeah. Uh, "Show Me the Way." But yeah, it's you know, I don't know why I brought that up, but uh, but this has that sound, but it's not one of those songs. So it's 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 I, I I enjoy listening to. I mean, maybe that's why we do the format that we do on this podcast: talk about the non-singles because yeah. you're never going to hear those. You know, right? There's a lot of great songs that aren't represented, right? In the mainstream. And, I mean, that's the thing. Like, is radio a dying uh, industry? You know? Yes. Like, does that even mean anything to people? No, but, I mean, it's nowadays? it's still a thing when you're out and about at a restaurant or at a sports bar or something like that. You're going to hear... Right. You're going to hear fucking, you know, Back in Black. Or you're going to hear, you know, any other ACDC song that I can't fucking stand. You take that sure, out. <laughs> you take that out. No, 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 dude. We'll leave it in because I'm with you on that, man. But I'm just. Uh, but here, here's and, the question that I have to ask myself: Do I not like ACDC because I'm tired of hearing the same five songs and I've never dove into their other songs, their their catalog? I mean, that's on me as a, right. as a fan of music, right? And dude, here, here's what we should do: Let's fucking cover some ACDC, man. Like that's yeah. that's the challenge that we're placing on ourselves. As a as no filler, yeah, I'm down for that challenge, Q. And I'll tell you what, let me tell you one thing here. There is an album, there's an ACDC album that I fucking. There's a song in here called "Baby, Please Don't Go." Mm-hmm. It's it's from '74 Jailbreak. This is before they they switched the singers. I don't even know their names. I'm not going to look it up. Yeah, but it's a great fucking right. song. Angus, Angus Young. No, Angus Young is a guitar player. I know that much. Whoops. Uh, anyway. <laughs> So my point being, there is one ACDC song that I do like that's not a single. At least I don't think it is. Dude, which means that there's probably countless exactly that you would love. Exactly. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? We could do a whole month of that style of rock. Classic rock. We could do the, the, dude, we could yeah. do ACDC and ZZ Top as our two main. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I bet we could find countless ZZ Top songs that weren't singles that are fucking jammed. We could just do a month of, of, of... How about this, dude? How about we challenge ourselves to pick the four... Look at some of the four best-selling 
records from that era, rock and roll records, right? Okay. Uh, and then and then talk about the non-singles. And then, you know, essentially we'll be reacting for the first time, I'm guessing, because we don't have much yeah. exposure to this stuff. Anyway, all right. That yeah. was a tangent. But um, That's a tangent. Anyway. Yeah, all right, Q. Let's get back to, to Frampton here. So what else you got for us, Q? You're the one who has this record at home, right? You've listened to this. Yeah, and let me tell you this. It's really hard to pick songs on there's a lot of great songs on this record um so i'm trying to pick songs that will i don't know kind of represent his wide range and sounds as uh you know rock singer from the 70 mid 70s so i'm gonna play a song that's more i mean frampton had a lot of great love songs you know the three singles show me the way baby i love your way and fucking well, do you feel like we do is not necessarily a love song, but you know, he has some great lovey dovey songs. Sure. And I'm going to play another one uh, that I really like. This is a few tracks down. It is called All I Want to Be is By Your Side. Yeah. All I wanna be 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice to hear Frampton without his um, electric guitar, his Les Paul. You know. Yeah. The, the, the what I love about this song, this live recording, is when he cuts out his voice and you know points to the audience and yeah. seeing dude that's like just captures the you know what makes concerts so special you know like and it puts a smile on my face every time i hear that part dude when he when he lets the audience finish the the verse i mean there's people in the crowd that are into it dude yeah but that's that's what's interesting to me like you said is that he didn't have much commercial success before this record but he clearly had a, a fan base yeah, right. Like a devoted fan base, they knew all the words. They went to the shows. They screamed the words, you know, out loud. Yeah, dude. He pointed to them. I mean, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things where all Frampton songs sort of, you know, it's it, it's you can tell immediately that it's Frampton because of his voice. So I'm right. like, have I heard this song, or is it just because it's Frampton that I think I've heard the song? Well, you got to think about it, dude. Like you said, this, like, our dad played this album a lot. Well, then, we well, then I probably up. heard every and one of these songs, man. Well, I was going to say, like, it's not like he just skipped to the three singles on this record that you know. Those are the only ones like, I remember. He, right, but he played this album, you know? Like, I, I don't remember these songs from my childhood either. They're but, just buried deep in my psyche yeah. then. <laughs> right. Yeah, because, uh, you know, along with Dad playing this record, the three songs that you heard the most just because they were played on the radio were the three singles, you know. But, yeah, dude, I guarantee you that we heard this album all the way through multiple times growing up. You're probably right. Uh, But, hey, before we jump into our next pick, let's take a quick break. All right, so I'm going to play another song that's a little bit more rock and roll, you know. Now, Q, um, I got to ask you. I hope the answer is yes. Does he use the vocoder on this song? On this next one? No. He only he only uses the vocoder or you know, the the talk box is what it's called. It's a talk box. Uh he uses that on what is it? Do you feel like we do? And show me the way to. And show me. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he he does it on this one. Well, that's a that's a real bummer. I'm sorry, dude. But hey, you know what? I'll intro us in with one of those tracks. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, so this is a few tracks down on the record. This one is called I'll Give You Money.
Yeah, man, that that uh, guitar intro was fire, as they say. <laughs> as fire. you say, I think. I think you're the only one that says that. Nah, nah, plenty of people say that. It was, uh, yeah, the song, that was a banger, dude. Like you said, dude, this is just straight up 70s rock and roll, you know? Right. But, yeah, this is one of those records, I mean, that's what we preach on this goddamn What do we preach, Q? Podcast, but... We preach listening to it from from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is the case with most live records, but it's interesting that they pieced this together from four different concerts. Yeah, know? that is interesting. But I mean, I've seen yeah, that before. So, I mean, Metallica, one of Metallica's very famous live records was was the same kind of thing, where it's multiple shows. Yeah. Yeah, so they pieced this together in a way that it flows well, you know. It wasn't necessarily how the set list was, um, you know, so, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a great listen all the way through. It's got a really great, you know, flow to it for every, you know, banger track like this one, that's more like heavy with, you know, heavy on the guitar solos and the, and the, you know, catchy riffs and whatever. There's an equal amount of like slow, you know, acoustic songs, like, like all I want to be is by your side. Yeah, dude, it's just it's one of those it's one of those records, dude. I mean it it stand stands the test of time. It's won platinum by twenty eleven and it won eight times. It just makes you wonder why these songs didn't catch on when they were originally released. Like what about this right? I mean it must have been a maybe a, you know, to your point earlier about the you know, the album oriented rock yeah, yeah. station that makes sense now it's all yeah. starting to click yeah. because these songs probably just weren't didn't have a station to be played on yeah and, and it was i mean think about it dude it was probably really exciting to hear a live recording of an artist on the radio you know like that was maybe that was something that never happened before yeah maybe maybe uh you know right and and you know like i said you know being able to hear the audience and the tracks, you know, it was just the way it was recorded is just, it just makes you, it just takes you straight to that night, you know? And that's, that's what's great about live records. Um, and yeah, this is just one of those, one of those albums, dude, that stands the test of time. I'm going to fade us out with another song from this one. Cause I want to, I want to play more of it. Um, but Hey dude, I think it's what you heard's time. Yes, yes, it is. Got anything for me? Boy, do I ever. So we're going to have to do an episode on this band at some point. This is a fresh, not even a month old record. This came out like a few days ago. Um, This is one of our favorite bands. Well, no, it's not one of our favorite bands, but this record that came out in 2007 uh, is something I always remember and go back to over and over again. I'm talking about holy fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. I haven't I haven't thought about that band in years. Well they put I out they're still doing They are, dude. They've been putting out stuff kind of sporadically, you know, since then. But that, that record that we that we fell in love with, it was called LP. Yeah, dude. It came out in two thousand seven. Man, I need to listen to that again. Tell me about it, dude. But like I said, I've been going back to this record ever since like the whole time. Not really been too impressed with the other two releases that have came out since then. But they just put out a new record last week, and it is really good, man. Uh, it's called Deleter, and they, you know, are 
sort of bringing in some outside vocalists on a few of the tracks. This song in particular is one of those tracks. Uh, It features a singer named Angus Andrew. So this song is called Deleters by Holy Fuck. great man I, I love that it still sounds like what they were doing yeah in 2007 right right yeah so what's interesting about these guys they're uh, i like this this genre label electronic rock right because it's they're doing electronic they have uh elements about their music that is electronic for sure but it has sort of the rock edge to it you know um here's a quote about sort of their or some information about their the way that they approach music. Uh, 
The band uses live instrumentation and miscellaneous instruments and non-instruments, including toy keyboards, toy phaser guns, to achieve electronic-sounding effects without the use of laptops or programmed backing tracks. According to Pitchfork, the band was formed with the intent of creating the equivalent of modern electronic music without actually using the techniques, such as looping, splicing, programming. So that's cool. I remember watching a, a live video of them that was recorded at uh, South by Southwest. This was probably in 2007. And yeah, dude, they just had a ridiculous amount of just the most random shit you could think of up yeah. on stage that they either had mics pointed to or, you know, that they were just, you know, manipulating in ways that was just like, how the, what, you know, what the fuck's happening right now? How are they doing this? Um, that's really cool, dude. And that's, and that's like I was saying, this kind this sounds like holy fuck. This sounds like them from 2007. That's because they, I guess they must have stuck to that rule as a band. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, it's great, man. And this record, this record is great, man. It, from from start to finish, it's really good. So yeah, it's always it's always great to um, to stumble across a band that you listen to over a decade, and then and then find out that they literally just put out a record, you know, and it sounds just as great as 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 they used to, you know. I always love that. Yeah. So anyway, all right, Key, what you got? What's your what you've been heard? Well, uh, we actually played a song from this band for our. I think it was our top tens or it was either our discoveries. One of those uh, episodes I covered the sound carriers. Okay. Yep. And I played a song from their album Celeste, which came out in 2010. Uh, I played the track uh, step outside. Anyways, I've been getting into them, uh, you know, listening to their back catalog since then. And there, there's an album of theirs that came out in 2014 called Entropicalia. And it's just, it's just the sound carriers doing what they do. You know, it's that awesome, like, 60s pop rock kind of vibe. Good stuff. Uh, I'm going to play track two from the record. This song is called The Outsider.
cute. I can smell the incense, and I can see the like the black light poster and stuff right now. That's a compliment. That is a compliment, by the way. Yeah, no, dude. They they've captured that moment in music like perfectly, dude. Like I yeah, just love it, yeah. man. It's, and you know what, dude? They've 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 in, in in some ways they've 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 improved on it. And, totally, and, and, dude. That and, and that's what I, dude. That's that's what I love about how music is so cyclical, or not really cyclical even, but like how we're always borrowing from the past, and sometimes kind of like that band Narrowhead. That, that I was loving on last year, um, you improve on on the sound from a decade, you know. Yeah, because you're also pulling from different right. influences, right. you know, from from bands that preceded that exactly. sound. Yeah, it's just. But cool. yeah, man, that's okay. The thing about the song carriers, like, you know, a lot of bands change over time, like their sound and everything. The sound carriers is this through and through. This is who they are as artists. You know, so when you press play on a Sound Carriers record, and I'm not saying this in like it's boring and don't waste your time. It's like, you you know what you're going to get. And it's going to be this kind of stuff, really pretty harmonizing. You know, just that 60s pop, like, um, what's the word? Like, go-go girls or whatever. You know, like that. Sure. Like, think think like Austin Powers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yep, that vibe. That era of, yeah, 60s, 70s vibes. I love the sound carriers, dude. I'm, I'm happy to share the planet with them right now. All right, so let's let's wrap it up, dude. Yes. All right. Short and sweet. Yep. 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 Okay. So next week we will start our electronic month, uh, and I'm fucking stoked about that, dude. So we're gonna Me start too. off with a a electronic producer who goes by Com Trues. Which is Tom Cruise with the Did C. Did you say the, Tom Cruise? No, nah, I It's, you know, that's Tom Cruise with the C and the T-switch. Hey, you know? Tom Cruise is playing tonight at 9 p.m. I could go see him. Why don't you go see him? No, dude. So how familiar how familiar are you with him? Uh, I've heard a handful of songs. Okay. So we're going to... I get it. You know, like, yes, I, I get it. Yes, yes, All right. So we're going to talk about his record uh, called In Decay. Um. And I think it's going to, I mean, I know we say this, we, we use this term all the time, Q, but get ready to talk about hypnagogia. Is that the, you know, like the uh, hyp- hypnagogia? I don't know. Hyp- hypnagogic pop. Yeah. Hyp- hypnagogic uh, music. Just get ready for that. Hypnagogia, maybe is that the like? I want to, I want to know what the yeah, hypnagogia. I think, I think it's hypnagogia. Yes, there you go. That's the thing. I'm just kidding. Uh, Actually, no, 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 no. Hypnagogia. Actually, hypnagogia is something entirely different. So just get ready to talk about hypnagogic pop. Um, (laughs) Again, because you know that's what that's what he's all about, Um, and he does it um, better than 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 most. So anyway, um, I'm excited about that. And then, um, yeah, we'll spend the next few episodes covering different different types of electronic music. Let's put it this way, Q. It's going to be it's going to be electronic music that falls under uh, weird, obscure subgenres, maybe. Right. You know, when you think about electronic music, I think a lot of people, if you're not familiar with it, or you don't really if you're not a fan of electronic music, 
I think your brain might go straight to sort of like the techno beat or Daft Punk Probably or something goes like that. To Daft Punk, yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah, exactly. Daft Punk. So there's there's it's a very wide wide umbrella, kind of like metal music, you know, and rock music in general. Like there are so many different subgenres and and, and uh, sounds that fall under the electronic music uh, genre as a whole. So um, yeah, we're gonna get into some of that. So all right, Q. Where can they find us? Oh, you're going to pass this off to me? Sure. Uh, yeah, so we're part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, you can find us on their website, pantheonpodcasts.com. There you can find a lot of other awesome music podcasts. If you like our podcast, chances are you'll find another handful of other awesome podcasts to listen to on the daily. You can also check us out on nofillerpodcast.com. You can stream our episodes directly from the website. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm going to leave it short and sweet this time, dude. No one cares about our show notes, you know? Uh, So yeah, I'm going to close this out with another track from Frampton Comes Alive. Uh, And that's going to do it for us today. This song is called Lines on My Face. And until next week, y'all take care. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. My name's Quentin. And my name is Travis.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 